Okay, before we begin, I just want to go over what the Torah says about witnesses in general, in general and Edim Zomin specifically. So in Parsha Shoftim, towards the end of the Torah, it's in the Stone Chumash on page 1036 if you want to look it up later. Torah gives us a lot of criteria for witnesses, and Rashi helps fill in a lot of the, the gaps. Um, we learn that you have to have two witnesses, they have to be men, they have to stand during their testimony. Alpishnaimadim has to come through their mouth, they can't send in a written testimony. We have to hear it directly from them, we can't have a translator in between, which is why the rabbis knew a lot of languages back then. But specifically it talks about Edim Zomin. So let me read to you two psukim. One is Kiyakum Eid Hamas Beishla Anos Bo Sara. So a false witness um, stands up against a man to La'anos bo sara. So to, to uh, speak falsely against him. This word sara is interesting. It comes from lasur. We say sur meirava asetov, remove the evil and do good. So Rashi says sara davar she'inu. They're testifying about something that never happened. Now the testimony is completely removed. There's nothing to do with this person. Shehusar ha'id hazemi kal These witnesses are completely removed from this testimony. Kate said, what's the case? This is the essence of Adam Zomin. Two witnesses come and say that Adam killed Bob. And it happened Sunday morning at 11.30 in, let's not pick Baltimore. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. <laughs> two other witnesses come forth and say, to those two witnesses, how could you have seen that you were with us in Baltimore at that time? Okay, that is the definition of Adam Zomin. Now, what happens to Adam Zomin? So, two psukim later, sorry, three psukim later in the Torah, it says, Va'asisem lo ka'asher zamam la'asos la'achiv. You will do to, to the witnesses as they conspire to do to their brother. Whatever the Adam, whatever these, this false pair of witnesses try to do to others gets done to them. Our mission is going to tell us exceptions to that rule. Now remember, we're not talking about two pairs of witnesses that are contradicting each other. That's totally different. Two witnesses come and say, Adam killed Bob, and two other witnesses said, no, Adam was with us at that time, or we saw Adam walking around this morning, or Adam didn't kill Bob, Charlie killed Bob. Then we have two on two, and we throw out the case. We're talking about two witnesses came and said they saw a crime being committed, and two other witnesses said, no, you were with us at that time. Those other, the first witnesses are impeached by the second set of witnesses. Correct. Okay, so let's see the Gemara. This is really good. You don't have Rashi here, so you'll just have to take my word that Rashi says what I'm going to tell you. He says, okay, so the Mishnah starts, How do witnesses become Zomimin? Again, Zomimin we're going to translate as plotting or conspiring witnesses. They testify that a certain Kohen is the son of a Grusha. So the Torah tells us explicitly that a Kohen is not allowed to marry a divorce. Any woman who's been divorced at any point in her life, Torah says, Isha zona Isha grusha me'isha Can't marry a divorced woman. What happens if a Kohen does marry a divorced woman and has a son? Mamzer. Not a Mamzer. He is what's called a Chalal. He's not a Kohen. He's lost all privileges as a Kohen, and in fact, he can even go to a cemetery, and he's, he's a regular Israel at that point. Okay. We had a 
friend in Pittsburgh who was a Kohen who married a convert. And, okay. Um, and they were always, he never got called up to the Torah as a Kohen. Uh, yeah. For lots of reasons. Could he be called up as a Yisrael? No. No. He could? Um, no. I don't think so. No, I thought, I he's a Kohen. I, I know. I studied, I studied my Kohen. Uh, no. Okay. He's, oh. it, no, he's, because he's a Kohen. Now, strictly speaking, he needs to be uh, uh, made miserable until he divorces his wife. Right, he's, but we're, we're he is for, a Kohen, okay. and his children are not. And so he can't be oh, called he's, up. At, correct, correct, correct. I thought you were asking about the children. Not only that, it's, it, it, it keeps going for many generations. We have somebody who's, who comes his, five or six generations ago, his <laughs> great-great-grandfather. The guy wants to be made a coin because his father was a coin. There you go. That joke actually does work sometimes. <laughs> okay, so how, does, how, does, how do we know, how do these witnesses know that he is the son of a divorcee? So Rashi says, These two witnesses come and said, We saw his mother get divorced. And now we know that this son comes from that woman who's married to a Kohen. Okay? O ben chalutza. Or they testify that he is the son of a Kohen and a woman who performed the chalitza ceremony. So just very quickly, a man dies without any children. His wife falls to Yibum to her husband's, her late husband's brother. So he has two options. He could either do Yibum and marry her, or they can do the chalitza ceremony, she removes his shoe, and she spits. Now, this is only a rabbinic prohibition for her to marry a Kohen. She never got divorced. Her husband died, her brother-in-law does chalitza, and now she wants to... She does chalitza to her brother-in-law, and now she wants to marry a Kohen. She was never divorced. But because when she fell to Yibum to her brother-in-law, in a sense, there was some bond there. It was it's like she was married... So therefore, the, the rabbis came along and said a chalutza is a lot wow. like a grusha. Wow. Okay, so again, a kohen should not have she married this. She was obviously kosher to marry a kohen because she married the brother who was a kohen. So the brother does not have to have been a kohen. She could have been married to anybody. She, her, her, her husband, oh, yeah, her husband died. Yeah. So oh, she's marrying. So. After, you know. She wants to now. Ma- she wants. She did marry a kohen, according to these witnesses. Right. But she, she might not have never been married to a kohen before. She's married a to a regular Israel. Yeah, a Kohen Gadol can't marry a widow. A regular, co- regular Kohen can marry a widow. Okay, so in these cases, We do not know. Rashi points out this only works if the witnesses, the Edom Zomim themselves, are Kohanim. We don't punish them and say that now they have the status of a Ben Grusha or a Ben Chalutza, which makes them a Chalal and not a Kohen. Um, I think I saw others say that this works even if they're not Kohanim, that we t- we punish their children and make them into into Chalalim. But let's leave that aside. <coughs> so we'll go with Rashi's approach. But what's strange here is that we started by asking what are Adam Zomin, and now we're giving a case where we don't do to them what they tried to do to others. That's because the, you, you have a situation where you can't. But why ask the question, what are Adam Zomin, and then give the exception instead? So the Gemara is going to ask that. So what do we do to them? Elaloka Arbayim. They get 40 lashes, which we know means 39 lashes. Now, by the way, you're going to learn about this on the next page. That let's say two witnesses come forth and say that. Ron owes Ed $50,000, and then they're found to be Adam Zomin. We do to them what they tried to do to Ron. How much money do they pay? Do they each pay 50000 or do they 
Each pay twenty five thousand. Each pay twenty five. Does everybody agree with that? I'm gonna say each pay fifty. They each pay twenty five. You're going to receive fifty thousand. You you don't receive a hundred thousand because yeah. that. When it comes to lashes, it's different. If two witnesses come and say that we saw so and so eating bacon, and they tried to make him obligated to lashes, they we don't split the lashes amongst them. Right. They each receive the full amount. What's the difference between money and lashes? So there's a famous comment of the Beis Halevi. The Beis Halevi was Rabbi Yosef Soloveitchik. He was the great grandfather of the Rabbi Soloveitchik of our generation. He says because if you take the two witnesses. 25,000 and you add them together that's 50,000. When it comes to lashes it's different because the later lashes hurt more than the earlier lashes because the wound has somewhat opened up already. So the only fair way to punish these witnesses with lashes and make them do what they tried to do the other person is so that they feel the full pain that uh, the other, and you can't do that when you're splitting up lashes. That's what the basically said. Again, that's for tomorrow's stuff. Okay, so they get 40 lashes. Next case, <coughs> two witnesses come forth and say, we testify that so-and-so has to go into exile. Why does he have to go into exile? Zarashi so says, <laughs> right, If somebody kills accidentally, he runs to <laughs> an ear mikla, the city of refuge. So if two witnesses came and said that so-and-so killed by accident, he should run into the ear mikla. And then it comes out that they are Adam Zomin, they do not have to go to the ear mikla, the Adam Zomin. Rather, they get 40 lashes. Okay, so again, our general rule is, we do to him as he tried to do to others. These are the exceptions, and instead they get 40 lashes. So let's start the Gemara. If I remember correctly, we'll later we'll see uh, cases where we simply can't do so that's what these cases are. The last we are punishing them, but not at all what they tried to do. Correct. Like most things in the Gemara, we learn the exception so we can learn the rule. <laughs> okay. We We're going to see that we already learned the rules. So the Gemara is going to ask two <laughs> questions. We said How do these witnesses become zomin? We should have asked. How do they not become Adam zomin? Adam zomim again. Zama means as they conspire to do. We're not doing to them what they. We should have asked when are they when are they not punished in the same way that they tried <laughs> to hurt somebody else. Secondly, We learn later on. Um, this is a few pages from now. Aval amru hayom We learn later on that. The definition of Adam Zomin is how could you testify? You were with us that day in such and such place. That is Adam Zomin. These are not Adam Zomin. That's a, that's a definition of Adam Zomin. So why are we saying that, why are we asking what are Adam Zomin and then not giving a definition of Adam Zomin? So the answer is Tana Hasam Kai. That our, the author of our Mishnah is literally standing over there. He's referring to something that we learned earlier. Um, in the side, it says it's on Sanhedrin, page 89. Now, if you look back there, that's, Sanhedrin has 11 chapters, right? The 11, did you start in the middle of the 11th? Or did you do the 10th at all? Yeah, I think it's about 20 pages, so no. I think. No, I don't. You last parak. Okay, so last parak has a lot of stories and a lot of interesting things. The parak before that discusses Adam Zomin. Now, 
this does not immediately follow that because you have the 11th chapter in the middle. However, if you look at Mishnayos, they reverse the order of the 10th and the 11th chapter. So really, this is coming right after the discussion of Adam Zomin. So it says over there, again on Sanhedrin 89a, Kol Anybody who is found to be an Eid Zomim gets that type of death that he tried to give to somebody else. Chutz mizomimei bas kohen uboala. Except for a case where Rashi tells us that zomimei bas kohen. Rashi says a married daughter of a kohen. She's not married to a kohen, but her father was a kohen, and she's now married. So Rashi says, Afapisha nigmar dina l'sreifa alpihem heim b'chenek. Okay, so the Torah says that if the daughter of a Kohen who's married commits adultery, she gets put to death through burning. And the Pasuk says, if she gets burnt, which implies that she gets burnt, but what about the man who committed adultery with her? He is not in this special category. He is not, the, he is not a Kohen, or even if he is, it's, it's a different type of death for him. What's the death for type of death for him? He gets chenek. He gets strangled. Okay? So now you have two witnesses who come forth. They're found to be Adam Zomin, and they tried to make her get burnt and him get, get strangled. So, what type of death do we give to the Adam Zomin? So the answer is that says the Torah. We do to the witnesses as they try to do la'achiv to his brother. Ah, so so therefore they, they get strangled. Now Rashi and Chumash points out that this does not mean that let's say they just go after a woman. They say a certain woman committed a crime. We don't say that the Torah says la'asos la'achiv as they try to do the brother. This isn't their brother, it's their sister. We only apply this in a case where you have a different punishment for a man and for a woman. Then you do to them what they try to do the man. But it does not mean in general that if they try to falsely testify about a woman that they don't get punished but at all. They do. with Makos Achicha, that it's Achicha. He comes back, you refer to someone who's gotten Makos, right? As yeah. Achicha. Right. It's Achicha, which is your brother. Right. So you would think there's a separate category if it's a woman, Right. Because the reason we learn Achicha is that he comes back and you take him back. He's already had his punishment, right? That's, and we say Achicha. There's a reason we say Achicha. Someone's right, gotten Makot. Um, it's that been a while, but does, I don't think... I, I think that does apply to women also. You're right. So, sometimes sometimes we do generic, make... It's generic. Like, right. Sometimes we say that, but sometimes... I think it, it's both man and woman, I think. Achicha. Right, anyway. right. So that's the thing. Sometimes you have to have a tradition on this. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, also, what, if, you've got a, if you've got more than one... We'll use the masculine. True. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're correct, though. We, again, sometimes the rabbis do explain that it's specifically the man, not the woman. Other times they say it applies to everybody. Right. You're right. Okay, so again, our our author of our Mishnah is referring to the end of Sanhedrin. It says, Again, anybody who tries to do to try to make somebody else die as a result of their testimony, they get that death. Except for Adam Zomin on the daughter of a Kohen and her partner. They don't get the type of death that they tried to inflict on her, rather a different type of death, the one they tried to apply to the man. And there's another category of Adam Zomin, 
They don't, we don't apply any, any of the forms of punishment. Rather, they just get lashed. And that is where our Mishnah comes in. Okay? So again, we're not giving a definition of Adam Zomi. That was already given, but we're continuing what we learned at the end of Sanhedrin. And we're teaching Adam Zomi that don't get at all what they tried to do to the other person. Okay, Kate said, I'm sorry, we're still uh, explaining this. Kate said, Okay, so therefore, that, that's, again, our Mishnah is a continuation of the other Mishnah. How do we know this? How do we know what? So, so the Gemara is going to try to explain, maybe if... You try to testify that somebody is the son of a divorcee or a chalutza, or that somebody has to go into exile. Maybe they should go. Maybe they should get that same form of punishment. How do we know that they don't? Um, so we're going to give two answers. First, we're going to go. We're going to first discuss the Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza case. Amar Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi, the Amar Krava Asisim Lo Kasher Zamam Lo Velo Lazaro. The Torah says we do to him as he tried to do to others. That means we punish the witness, but not his children. So what happens if you... Okay, so let's keep going. Okay, fine. So let's just say that the witness himself, if he was a Kohen, he has the status of a Ben Grusha, Ben Chalutza, but his children doesn't. His children don't. Don't invalidate his children. So Gemariah says, we have to do exactly what he tried to do to the witness, to the, to the person he falsely accused, and we're not doing that. He tried to say that the, fault, the person who he falsely accused, he is a Ben Grusha and all of his descendants. So if we just make the witness into a Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza, but not his descendants, then that's not, the punishment doesn't exactly fit the crime. Right. On the other hand, there's an injustice if you were to punish children of this man for, for, the, his iniquities crime. Their, for the iniquities of their dad, right? Yeah. But that's what we tried to do. That's right, what, but who are yeah. we to impose such a punishment? No, the Torah, the Torah the says, says it. No, no, I, I know, I know. I'm just thinking. Um, With, without Vasisim Lo, we would have said that. We would. It's unfortunate, but your children are going to be punished as a result. I, I, right, and, and one could imagine, actually, as a practical matter, who would be, I mean, one could imagine the two Kohanim who would have some argument between them. So one of the Kohanim says, but the other guy, ah, he and he's actually married to a divorcee and his children are chalami. And, and it turns out to be false, right? So so then you say, okay, we'll do that to him. You, you're, 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 it's as if you're married to uh, mm-hmm. your children as well. But you, the children, you know, they're Kohanim in a different city, they're, they're, they're whatever, and, and now they're punished for the crimes of their father. That's a very unjust... Uh, well, you could ask in general, why... Ten generations later, is somebody considered a chalal just because his ancestor sinned? No, the Torah. Th- th- that's different. You're chalal, and so your children are chalalim. But here we, we, we have children who are not chalalim, and we're and making, making them chalalim. Yeah, you're right. Difficult. Okay, so that was one answer. Barpada Omer, second answer. Barpada says, Kalvachomer. Let's make the following Kalvachomer. Umaha mechalal eno mischal. Somebody alluded to this before. The Kohen who actually marries a divorcee, he does not become a chalal. Now, we do every, as 
I think you said we. Somebody said we make his life a living hell until he divorces her. But what happens after he divorces the the Garusha? Does he is he's a regular Cohen? Yes. Correct. He can eat truma. He's he's a full fledged Cohen. So Mumahamichal, just like the person who committed the crime, Enu Mischalal, he does not become a Chalal. Habalachalal. Then these witnesses who tried to make somebody else a Chalal. Velochilo, they didn't succeed. Why didn't they succeed? Because two other witnesses come and said, you're Adam Zomin. Eno din shelo yischalo. So then they shouldn't become chalo. If the person who committed the crime, he, he, he doesn't become a chalo. Why would you make them? Why would you make them? That's logical. Not so fast. That's logical. Maski flo Ravina. Ravina asked on this kalva chomer. Imkain bitalta Taurus Adam Zomin. Okay, I neglected to tell you that the Torah says, Vasisim lokashir zamam laasos laachiv. You do to him as he tried to do to his brother. If he, if he actually succeeded, if two witnesses come and said, Adam killed Bob, and we, believe, we interrogate them properly, and we believe them, and we kill Adam, and two other witnesses come, these Adam Zomi do not get put to death, because it's only what they tried to do to Adam. They tried to put him to death. But once they succeeded in putting him to death, they can't be put to death. Because now it doesn't make it. they didn't try they, they didn't did right they succeeded they actually did it now it doesn't make so much sense unless you think about the fact that when the Torah says somebody gets put to death that's part of the kapar that's part of the atonement you have to Find be them. worthy of atonement if you actually succeed in putting somebody to death the Torah is not gonna I wouldn't say let you off easy but help you in the atonement process by having that group be put to death that make sense no mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does make sense yes. in a very perverse way. Yeah, yeah. right. Yes. In, yeah. Within the context of the Torah, but 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 there might also be a, 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 an element here of, of practicality that the Betin didn't want to start putting lots of different people. Or you're saying the sent right. they okay. wanted them to be sentenced to death, but the actual death. What they wanted was yeah. him to be found high of Misa. But the actual... Mm, they wanted him to be put to death. So the, but, no, no, but I'm saying, but what do they want? They wanted him to be put to death. So he's put to death, but we don't put them to death because the, they were put to death. Because, no, because simply the Torah says that this is what you do, what you do to what them, you what they tried to, they do. Tried to do. It didn't say what, what, what they did. succeeded in doing. Okay, so Ravina says, if you take that... They tried, to, he, they tried to get uh, to say that you owe... Uh, to, to establish that you owe uh, money, so they pay money. But that's the same question now. So if, if say, that the money was paid, uh, now do they not pay the money? Right. So there has to, the person has to have been sentenced, but the punishment was right. not enforced what yet. What do you do in that situation? So forget about putting people to death. So, so the, the Dean Cummins and, and so the Ron owes... Michael, uh, uh, so if the money is paid, dollars, he paid it. He, he paid he, it. He, he somehow the vet dean, you know, found him. He knows he's not uh, owing, but he pays. It's been carried out. Now we find out that this is result. Yeah, why was that different? I, I guess know. my I don't understand. I don't know. It could I don't. I, have not, I haven't learned this in a while. It could be that the vet dean goes after Michael and makes him pay back. I mean, there could be also concerns. Let's, let's say Michael doesn't remember. I mean, we, let, let's make it clean, right? For whatever reason, these guys, for their own reasons, they wanted to undermine Ron's financial stability, get him to pay Michael $50,000. Mm-hmm. Michael's 
they have business dealings he didn't remember, whatever. He's actually innocent in all of this. So mm -hmm. let's not make him part of it, right? The money changes hands. Now we discover the Adelman's woman. What do we do? According to the... They, 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 make, they I think give they, me 25 each, right? No, not, not if you the, paid already. Not according to the, if you're the same principle. No, with the, the meat, with the high of meats, but I thought this is something it's, separate. But they're, That's it's what I'm, learned from the same pasuk. Kasher zaman velo kasher asa. Okay. Although you are correct, Rashi says velo kasher asa mikan amru harago einaragin makos daf hey. So it does talk specifically about killing, but. You'll let me know when you get to Dafay in a couple of days, okay, okay, but I, okay. I think it applies to both, and I think the basin would come after Michael and make you pay back. But the Adim are sort of off the hook in a way. Well, not off the hook. The question is, <laughs> you should ask. But if the if they succeed in getting somebody killed, they're off the hook. That's much worse, isn't it? Yeah. So the question is, what what do they? What do we do to them anyway? I mean, okay, maybe they don't get put to death, but they must suffer some punishment. Right. So it could be the rabbis came along and said that we should lash them. I'm not sure. they got to get at least knock out. I think. They okay. lose all their friends. How about that? that unless, nobody unless trusts they, them anymore. What's that? They lose all their friends. How about that? Nobody trusts them well, anymore. Well, I was going to say that there's probably like uh, It could be rabbinic lashes. They, or, I mean, or, they, or, or, or is it something happened or it's like just nothing happened? I, I, good question. All right, back to I, I, th I, I would assume they get rabbinic lashes. Statute something. We'll have to speak I'm to the Alpha Rav. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Ravina did not like Bar Pada's Kalvachomer, because then you've completely abolished the whole notion of Adam's Zomim. <laughs> so continuing on, next page. Umaha Sokel Eno Niskal. Just like somebody... So Rashi says, Adam Shlo Huzmo Achenerag Hanidon. Two witnesses successfully got somebody put stoned for no reason. So means just like those Adim who succeeded in getting somebody stoned to death, they don't get stoned to death. Then if they only tried to make the other person get stoned, but he wasn't stoned until they became Adim Zomin. So then they shouldn't get skill either, and then you'll never have you'll never have Kasher Zamam. You'll never be able to do to witnesses what they tried to do. So well, I guess we had two thing. answers, and That's we tried no to. No punishment if you, if you're successful, you're not getting punished. You don't That's get punished not a down here, God. That's not a major disincentive. You don't get punished down here, God. No, no. Then you're talking about maybe is it is it a misa b'teishamayim? Is that the toshvit? Is it a misa b'teishamayim? I mean, oh. Whatever you call it, God's gonna, God's watching, and God's gonna punish. Well, that's a generic thing you're saying now. You're saying just yeah, of course Hashem's gonna take care of them. Specifically here, I don't but think I'm it saying, says. Specifically here, if I, I feel a little better to say, at least misa b'teishamayim, you know, no, no, I, because you can't. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a technicality, but yeah. again, don't don't think that they're gonna. No, because so much good life after that. do is to at least make it so that you won't do something. You know, and here it's a leniency. Which makes it permissible to do a. I, I, I just what, find. What about the carrying out of the punishment? I mean, maybe, maybe in the case where there is a, there's a system. I, I don't know, but could they? I mean, because to me it seems the delay in carrying out the punishment is the key here. 
here's the thing. I don't, too, I don't know if that like, makes any difference. I mean, there is no statute of limitations on any of these things. Uh, well, or just, maybe later enough things in in these types of cases where this wouldn't happen. But you it know seems what? like once they carry out the punishment, it's But tough. that's it's, why it's really easy to believe that the Sanhedrin that puts uh, someone to death was a bloody Sanhedrin, you know, and God knows mm-hmm. how many years, it always changes depending on who you talk to. So maybe really no one's ever put to death because really? then there is punishment. The Sanhedrin did an excellent job interrogating everybody no, no. And, and making... And, this all and makes trying sense any... if you throw that in. That if somebody really, really, if nobody was ever put to death, right. then nobody ever accomplished the Chayim Misa, then everyone was getting punished. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because their punishment would have been... Okay, but we're saying... But there must... Sorry, they would have been... When we say there... No, Makot. 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 So a lot of Makot were given, but not a lot of Chayim Misa carried out. That's my thought. Anyway. Okay, okay I also... Mean, that, that, the, I mean, that, that at least on a practical level makes sense. It, it would be a rather like a modern day right. thing. Let's not carry out death penalty because there's always a chance we made a mistake. Right. So you can imagine the sun has been saying look, there's always some little effect, maybe, possibly that we've got a demon so, so if we don't put people to death, we won't fall into this trap of suddenly having put people to death and not being able to punish the, the false witnesses. If somebody was, if some, there's no such thing as death row. If a person was uh, yeah, condemned, was condemned to be stoned, they would be stoned that day or soon, right? They would be stoned the next day. Yeah, well, not because of night, but yeah, yeah. They'd be, they'd the witness, the the judges would have to deliberate overnight amongst themselves and carry it out the next day. Yeah. But there was a whole interrogation process. I mean, they asked a lot of questions to try to get the. Right. Alleged murderer off the I'll say also, and then we should move on. Gamar yeah, yeah. Sanhedrin also talks about after after the Sanhedrin couldn't put anybody to death, that Hashem found ways to kill people. So anybody who was obligated, anybody who was guilty and was supposed to be stoned, Hashem would make them fall off the roof. And right. same same for the other thing. So it could be that okay. even though we can't put the person to death, if this person succeeds against them, God will take care of them. Okay, so so we were so we had two answers. Again, our our question was, how do we know that if two witnesses come and say that a certain kohen is really a halal because his mother was a grusha, was a divorcee or a chalutza, how do we know that they get lashed instead of they becoming ben grusha? So we had first we said because we try to do to him and not to his children, and secondly we had a kavachomer which we just we just rejected. So the Gemara says, We're going to go with the first answer. The Kalvachlam or Barpada is not sustainable. Okay, next, next we said, Two witnesses come and say, So-and-so killed by accident. He should go into exile. They're found to be Edom Zomin. The Edom Zomin do not go into exile. Why not? What happened to Kasher Zomam? The Torah says that when a person kills somebody by accident, he has to flee to one of these refuge cities. And we learn who, meaning H-E, he the, he the man, the people who tried to say that he killed by accident, they would not go into exile. Okay? That's one answer. Rabbi Yochanan is going to try to come up with a Kalvachomer, and it's going to be rejected at the end, just like our last Kalvachomer. If somebody murders on purpose, 
going into the Yer Miklat does not save him. Hain Shalo they, the Adam Zomin, who did not do an act intentionally, what does that mean they didn't do an act intentionally? Rashi says, El Dibur Ba'alma, speaking is not an act. Oh, that's a big mm. Speaking is not <laughs> That's a big, yeah, big uh, yeah. Speaking is not an act. That's a, a major. So I'll um, tell you that if a person speaks Lashon Har, it's a terrible, terrible sin. You can't get lashed for that because you didn't actually do an act. Now, there's a discussion. What if you take an act that, what if you take something that's not normally an action and you make it into an action? Instead of speaking Lashon Hara, you write Lashon Hara. So you did an act. Do you get lashed in that case? I think the consensus is that you do not. I mean, of course, today, with newspapers and yeah, if I articles, if I it's very... Right, but still, I think the majority of Lashon Hara <laughs> is still spoken. And that Lashon Hara means speaking with your tongue, so... Okay, so again, the Kavachomer is if you if you killed on intentionally, you don't go into into exile. So if you if you <laughs> if you don't do an act, then Enodin Shelo Yiglu. So then, certainly, you shouldn't go into exile. It's interesting that the speaking is not an act because there's so many counterexamples to that. Actually, as I'm thinking. Yeah, <coughs> give us one. Cohen, the Cohen says that this house is has tzahat, and that determines that it has tzad. Okay, that's true, but how does that prove that it's an act, though? Something about his dibul. There, there's a lot of things. We have to dive and we have to speak to Hashem. That, does that mean that when we dive we're not actually doing anything? I think, I think that's specifically okay. in terms of being punished. You're only punished for an action, and speaking is not considered an action. Okay, so then the Gemara asks, V'hi hanosenes, that logic should actually indicate that the Adam Zomin should go into exile. Why? If you kill on purpose, you don't go into exile. This is similar to what we were just talking about before. So that you do not get any atonement for what you did. Right? We don't want an intentional murderer to get off easy or partially get, partially get off by just running to a city of refuge. You want, we want this intentional murderer to be completely accountable for for what he did. They, who did not do an act, right, they just spoke, the Adam Zomin just spoke, they should, they should go into exile like an unintentional murderer because, we, because they didn't do something so bad, so let them... It's true that they did something on purpose, but the, it, what they did wasn't an act, so therefore let's let them get atonement by going to the Irmikla. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So again, we've rejected the Kalvachomer and we are left with just the first answer that he runs to the Ir Miklat, he runs and not the Eden Zomin. Okay, the Gemara continues. Amar Ula. Ula says, Rem is Eden Zomin Atarminayin. Where is there a hint to Eden Zomin from the Torah? So Gemara asks, Rem is the Eden Zomin Vahaksiv Asisim Lo Kashir Zomam. What do you mean, where is the hint? The Torah says specifically. That you do to him like he tried to do. That is where it says you don't need any hint. So, what Ula meant to ask was where is there a hint that these false witnesses get lashed in a case where we can't do to them like they tried to do to others? Okay, so here's the answer. Very strange sequence of psukim. It says they will exonerate the, the right. Tzadik is a righteous person. Here we're going to translate it as an innocent person. 
they're going to exonerate the innocent person, and they're going to convict the guilty person, and then you give lashes to the wicked, wicked witnesses. Why are you giving lashes? They exonerated the innocent person and convicted the guilty person. Therefore, they get lashes. How does that make any sense? So we have to explain it. Here's the hint. Mishum vitzdikos atzadik v'shuas arasha v'ayim bina kosarasha. I'm sorry, this is the question. Mishum vitzdikos atzadik v'shuas arasha v'ayim bina kosarasha. They exonerate the right person and they convict the right person. Therefore, they're going to get lashes. Ela edim shirishuas atzadik. So you have two two witnesses who can, who tried to convict the innocent person. V'asu edim achrini and two more witnesses come vitzdikos atzadik to make kara. And they take that original innocent person and they make him innocent again by saying that the first pair of witnesses were Adam Zomin. Vishavinu Lahani Rishaim, and they make the Adam Zomin into Rishaim. Vaya in Binakosa Rasha. Then you will give lashes to the Adam Zomin. Follow that? So that is the way to explain the Psukim. It's not explicit in the Psukim, but that is a hint to giving lashes to Adam Zomin. So then the Gemara asks, milosana. What is commandment number nine out of ten? shaker. Don't bear false witness against your friend. And Rashi says, Kol lavin malkus. We learn from don't bear false witness that any punishment for a negative commandment is lashes unless the Torah says otherwise. So, why don't we give lashes to the Adam Zomin? Forget about that hint. Black on white, commandment number nine, don't bear false witness, otherwise you can get lashes. Why not, why not administer lashes to the Adam Zomin based on that? So, Gemara says, Mishum Because, again, speaking is not considered an act. You can't get lashed for speech. So, therefore, Adam Zomin cannot get lashes based on that Pasuk Lo Sa'ana, we have to find another place, and that is the hint that we just talked about. Alright. Tanarabanan, a rabbi's taught Daladvarm Namrabadim Zomin. There are four things the rabbis the four things that they say about Adam Zomin, meaning there are four things, four examples of when we do not do to them as they try to do other people. Inasin Ben Gusha Ben Chalutza, they can't become a Ben Gusha Ben Chalutza. We talked about that. They can't be forced into exile in a city of refuge. We talked about that. They don't pay kofer. What is kofer? Rashi says, Sorry, do you like following along with Rashi? Should I tell you where that is? Okay, so first one line is kofer. It's like ten narrow lines up in Rashi. See that? Ten narrow lines up in Rashi from, from the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay, if a person's ox kills another person, then the owner of the ox pays kofer. Kofer is, again, payment that you're paying because your, your animal killed a person. Kofer, of course, comes from the word kapara, atonement. In some sense, the owner of the animal that killed is guilty. Of course, he's not really guilty because it was his animal that did it. Well, but it's a shoramuad. So. It's a shor- correct, I'm sorry, it's a shoramuad. So this, this animal so has... Gor- because he was warned. He was warned, right. 
But he wasn't you know, he, expecting his... He should have taken better care. I mean, right. maybe there's not... He should have taken better care. Right. He didn't have to... His, his shore was a mua to kill other animals, not, not to kill people, though. So it's, but you're right that he should have been on guard a little bit. So if two witnesses <clears throat> come and say so-and-so's ox killed somebody, and they're trying to make that person pay kofar, and then they're found to be Adam Zomin, they don't pay kofar. We're going we're gonna to explain all these. Lastly, v'enim karin be'eved ivri. Um, again, four lines, four wide lines down the Gemara of Enim Karim Be'eved Ivri. If they tried to make somebody be sold into slavery as a, an Evid Ivri, a Jewish slave, and they're found to be false witnesses, they do not get sold. Um, Rashi says, V'enim Karin, Im he'idu shagana ve'en They testified about this poor person that he stole, and he doesn't have anything to pay. And v'nigmar dino limaker, and the sentence was handed down that so-and-so has to be sold into slavery because he stole, and before he's sold into slavery, these two witnesses are found to be Adam Zomin, they don't get sold into slavery. Now we're going to talk about how rich are these, are, are these Adam Zomin so poor that they too would have to be sold into slavery to pay back, or even if they're wealthy, they still try to make that poor person mm-hmm. sold into slavery. Mishum Rabbi Kiva Amru, now according, now in the name of Rabbi Kiva, they said a fifth case, Af im Mishalmin api atzman. They don't pay by their own admission. Rashi says, One, two, three, four, five, six narrow lines from the bottom. First one line, Atzman. Two people were found to be Adam Zomin in one Beistin, in one Jewish court. But we didn't get a chance to officially establish them as Adam Zomin. And they ran away. They come to another Beistin. And they tell the second court that they were found to be Adam Zomin in the first court, then they do not have to pay. They don't get punished if they admitted their crime. Okay? Again, we're going to explain all this. Okay, so let's go through them. Right, we already discussed why they don't become Ben Grusha Ben Chalutza. Why not again? Because you do to him and not to his children. We don't punish the children. We also have already learned why they don't go into the ear miklat. If they're found to be Adam Zomin, what was the reason for that? Because. Right. Right. He, go, he goes, but not the Adam Zomin. Um, Again, if they're found to be Adam Zomin, they do not have to pay the kofer. That means they don't have to pay the amount of money that they tried to make person pay because they claim that his animal killed somebody. Kasavre kupra kapara fahani labine kapara. Okay, there's going to be a discussion below. When you pay, kofer sounds like kapara, atonement. But we're going to see that's not so simple. Um, but we're going with the approach that paying kofer is atonement. Again, the owner of the animal is in some sense guilty for what his animal did. These Adam Zomin are not B'nai Kapara. Rashi says, V'hani la B'nai Kapara, first wide line, Ninhu shelo harag shoram adam, you only pay Kapara, you only need Tumen if your ox killed somebody. Their ox did not kill anybody. That is why they don't pay. So Gemara asks, Mantana kupra Kapara, so who taught this idea that paying Kofar is an atonement? It's a payment for, it's an atonement payment. Amar of Chisar Rabbi Shmuel Beno Shel Rabbi Yochanan Ben Brokahi. 
Rav Chista says that it is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel, son of Rabbi Yochan ben Broka, the Tanya, as we learned in Abraisa, the Nasan Pidyon Nafsho. So you are going to give the redemption of your soul. Whose soul are we talking about? Demei Nizik. The first opinion is that you pay damages. Nizik is the person who got damaged. So meaning, you have the owner of the ox and you have the person who was killed. Whose worth do you pay? You pay the worth of the person who was killed. Now again, how do you put? How do you attach a value to a person? However much they would have fetched in the slave market, that is the value of a person. So again, the first opinion is you pay the amount that the dead person was worth. Rabbi Shmuel ben Osher, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broka, Amar Demei Mazik. He says that you pay the value of the owner of the animal. My love, Hakamiflagi. So certainly they're arguing about the following. Mar Savar Kupfra Mamona, Umar Savar Kupfra Kapara. So which is what? So again, if your ox kills somebody, there's and you have to pay. How much do you pay? You either pay the value of the dead person or the value of the owner of the ox. Also, how do we view that payment? Is that payment an atonement or is that an actual compensation? Compensation. So which th- there's two two ways of looking at it, and each lines up with the other. So which is which? If, it, if, it's, if, if it's, it's the value of the dead person, then... Then it's, it's compensation. It, it's the value. Compensation. It's, it's paying the crime, essentially. What, what was committed, right? It's compensation. Correct. The person had a value. Correct. And if you're paying the value of the owner, then it must be kapara, atonement. Correct. Correct. Amar of Papa, lo, dekuli alma kupra kapara. Papa says, nope, everybody says that Paying kofar is exactly the way the, the word sounds. You're paying atonement. One says that the way you pay for atonement is the value of the dead person. The other one says the way you pay for the value of the atonement is the alive person. So what is the reason for Rabbanan? Now, it didn't say Rabbanan anywhere, but when it says, when it gives an opinion and it doesn't say who said it, that we either call that the Tanakama, the, the first author, anonymous author in Bryser, or sometimes we call it Rabbanan. What is the reason that if it's a kapara, if it's an atonement, that you'd pay the value of the dead person? Nemar hashasa lamata v'nemar hashasa lamala. So it says the word hashasa. Hashasa means to be placed on him. So Rashi says, nemar hashasa lamala, fourth wide line down in Rashi, Two people are fighting, and one of them strikes a pregnant woman, and she unfortunately miscarries. Then, then the person who struck her pays. It says that word, yashis. He pays the amount that was imposed on, on him. So that is talking about what? Paying the value of the person who struck her, or the value of the woman? the decrease in value of, wo- of the woman now that she's not pregnant anymore. Which one? What do you pay if you strike a pregnant woman and she miscarries? Her value. Her, her. her value. Okay. Rashi says, And also, if your ox kills somebody, then in kofer then kofer is imposed on you. So who's the on you? Who are you 
what, what value are paying? Value of the person. Value of the person again. The person who was killed. So that is how it, so even though Rabbanans say it's a it's a atonement, but the amount of the atonement is determined by the value of the deceased person. Good? Seem a little quiet. No. Okay, so Mala Halan Beninizak Afkan Beninizak. Because look, you could you could you could do logic. Like imagine that the ox does uh, damages of a puta, right? But you're a uh, Bill Gates, right? Right. Does Bill Gates really have to pay fifty billion dollars to because of the damage of puta? Or vice versa. So or vice versa. Poor and yeah. From logically, it makes more sense to say one is within your control, one is, or one's predictable, and well, one's, one's, one's proportional. Create a motive. One's, one's proportional. Yeah. Okay, nobody's life is going to be worth only a pruta, though. We're talking We're killing talking. somebody is very significant. So if you have to pay the value of, I'm just. Does Bill Gates fetch any more in the slave market than anybody else, though? I don't know. I'd be a little surprised no, if he is. No, true, because we don't have the pockets concept. We don't have a rich man, poor man. We, it's the same. We, you know, we, we don't look at it that right? Well, no, no. Yeah. But if somebody yeah. is, yeah. Somebody is a, it, it, the skills of the person might determine, right? So if the, one of them is, is, is a craftsman and the other one is not a craftsman, yeah. then they will have different values. So if true. We're, we're wage potential, right? right yeah, true, true. All right, let's keep going. So what does Rabbi Shmuel do with that? Again, Rabbi Shmuel said you pay the mei mazik. You pay the value of the owner of the animal that damaged, that killed. Rabbi Shmuel says that's very nice, but still, Torah says you pay the value of your soul, which sounds like the value of your soul, however much you are worth. You, the owner of the animal that killed. Rabbanan in pidyonavshu ksiv. Rabbanan said, you're right. It does say pidyonavshu. But Rashi says, Okay, so you can't argue that it says you pay the value of your soul, but you redeem your soul. How do you redeem your soul? Either by paying the value of the mazik, the person, or the nizak, or the person. Okay, so it's a stalemate, but everybody says that kupra kapara. So again, everybody says that paying kofar for your animal who ki- that killed is an atonement and I'm sorry I think I left off in the middle um, okay explain this but again we'll translate it Rabbanan say again they're the ones who say that you pay the value of the person who was killed you're right it says but when we when we estimate that value, we estimate in the nizak the person who's killed. The enim kar nizak shemina. I'm sorry, enim kar beavidi was the next thing. Okay, so again, paying the value of paying the kofar is a atonement, and the enim zomin don't need at- they need atonement, but not because their animal killed. Okay, next we said enim kar beavid ivri. We said the enim zomin do not get sold into slavery. Rav Hamuna says this is a case where the person who they tried to obligate, the person who they claimed stole, he has money. 
So because he wouldn't have gotten sold into slavery, they won't get sold into slavery because they didn't try to make him get sold into slavery. They just tried to make him pay. But in a case where the wrongly accused person is poor and doesn't have enough money and he would have to be sold into slavery, but the witnesses have enough money, then what happens in that case? They get sold into slavery. They get sold because they tried to make him get sold into slavery. Therefore, they get sold. I don't care if you have money. We're going to do to you what you tried to do to him. Um... <laughs> the Gemara asks, but let the witnesses say, if you had had money, you wouldn't have been sold into slavery. It's not our fault you don't have money. We, we claim that, again, we're obviously lying, but we claim that you stole. We, we weren't saying that you should be sold into slavery. Whether or not you have money, we don't know or we don't care. We did not try to say that you were sold in slavery. We just tried to say that you owe so and so much. So therefore, we shouldn't get sold. So therefore, Rav Hamanuna changes his mind. Rav Hamanuna says that you get lashes. You don't get sold into slavery either where he has, the wrongly accused has money or the witnesses have money. Now Rav Hamanun wants to say that if neither the wrongly accused nor the Edom have money, then you would get sold into slavery. They can't get off the hook. But we're going to reject that. Amr Rava v'nimkar amr Rava says you're never sold into slavery because the Torah says if you steal and you don't have enough to pay back, he gets sold into slavery. The Torah says, you get sold in slavery because of geneva, because of stealing, velo bizmamo, not because you're found to be Adam Zomen. Okay? So again, the, this is what's called a drusha. We're expounding on something in the Torah, and you can't really argue that. I'm a little, a little worried that you're quiet. I feel like there's a question that's going to just no, 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 rip apart this no. Gemara. Okay, um, I'll stop in a minute. Let's just get to the bottom. Mishim Rabbi Kiva Amru, again, Rabbi Kiva added a fifth thing. What was the fifth thing? That you don't pay through your own admission. My time at Rabbi Kiva, Kasavar Knasahu, Knas Eim Why do Adam Zomin pay twice? I'm, I'm sorry. Why do Adam Zomin get punished for what they tried to do? It's a Knas, it is a penalty. What's the other way of looking at it? If Adam Zomin tried to say that Ron owes Ed $50,000? Is there another way of looking at it, besides being a penalty? No, you don't. I mean, uh, assuming that I'm not involved in the conspiracy. Okay, I mean, well, Gamar says it's a kanas, it's a penalty, and, and there's a rule that you don't pay a kanas a penalty if you are the one who admitted Rashi says this is learned from because if you steal, you pay kefil, you pay double. And the Torah says, Arsheri Arshiun Elohim. Um, judges make you into a Russia. Judges make you evil. They say that you stole. Not if you come into court and say that you stole. Obviously, if you come into court and say you stole, you have to pay back, but you don't pay the penalty of the second amount. Amar Rabba Teda Shari Lo Asu Masa Veneragim Umishamin. 
Rabbah says, no, this is true, that Edom Zomin are a knas, they're a penalty, because Sharei Me'idim ben Nefesh, Rashi says on the bottom line, the knas of Sharei Ha'me'idim ben Nefesh, lo hargu adam, v'lo nerag adam al-piyam, v'neragim shalmin mamun. Has to be a penalty, because Edom's, remember, Edom Zomin could not have successfully gotten somebody to be killed, but still, they get killed. So how does that make sense? has to be a penalty. It can't be a, a direct punishment for what you did because they didn't succeed in doing what they tried to do. Um, last line, the Gemara, Amar Rav Nachman, Mamun Balim Mishalmim. Rav Nachman says, what, what sounds very similar to Rob, and the Gemara is going to say that he's really saying the same thing. Rav Nachman said, know that this is true because money stayed in the hands of the original owners. The money never transferred, as we've said before. The only way you can be Edom Zomin is if the money didn't transfer, and still they have to pay. Again, the Gemara on the top of the next page is going to say that it's all the same. R- Rav Nachman is saying the same thing as Rabbah.